Colloquium, Episode 1, Blood's Blood, Brian Azzarello on Wonder Woman. Welcome to the first episode of Colloquium. My name is Marcuson, and this is a brand new podcast series for Sequart that will feature comic book creators talking about their work. For this debut episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Brian Azzarello. Uh, you may know Brian as the Eisner Award-winning writer of 100 Bullets. Uh, he's also written the critically acclaimed Joker graphic novel, Luthor, Superman for Tomorrow, and Spaceman. The first issue of Brother Lono, the 100 Bullets follow-up series, is now on the stands. Uh, But for this cast, which does contain spoilers, we focus solely on how he and artist Cliff Chang have reinvented Wonder Woman and the Greek gods for DC's New 52. I talked with him about creating a new world for Diana, why she's a better fighter than Batman, and what it's like for him to be the god of war. Hey, Brian. You there? Yeah, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you? <laughs> Not bad. Thanks for doing this uh, podcast. Sure, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's been like 12 years since I first met you. You remember when uh, me and my friends were in your uh, session and we would shout, Azarello! Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and it's so funny that 12 years later I'm doing this podcast for a smart website. <laughs> and I was just retarded back then. Yeah. You were fun back then. (laughs) Hey, I'm still fun. (laughs) So like I said, I wanted to talk about uh, Wonder Woman. I just read the first 20 issues again over the last few days. So I love the series. I think it's the only DC series that actually delivered on the new and new 52. But to be honest, I didn't think that you would stay on the book past 12 issues. Well, when Cliff and I uh, see the story... It was about three years long. So when we, uh, you know, when we decided to do it, you know, the, the pitch was it was a three year long long pitch. So we're, but we had a, a just in case we had a, we had a parachute after twelve, you know, mm-hmm. in case we wanted to leave. That hasn't happened yet. We haven't used our parachute. So does that mean that it's not going to end in three years? No, it'll end. We will finish the story that we're telling in three years. Okay, you will. All right. Uh, well, everyone who has read Wonder Woman knows that it's a completely different series than what came before, uh, largely due to the reinvention of the gods as supporting characters. What kind of research did you and Cliff have to do on Greek myth? Uh, we did a lot of reading, or I did anyway. Um, but also with, with Cliff, you know, Cliff and I worked really close on, on the design of the gods. But we decided that they really should look like what they are. They they almost uh, physically embody their uh, you know, what they represent. Like Poseidon is a giant fish beast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. So was there a particular Greek myth that you knew you wanted to use in Wonder Woman? 
Uh, no, some of them just sort of like, wow, they jumped out at us, you know, along the way. It's like, oh, we're gonna have to throw that in there. Um, you know, a character that 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 happened to, that was created like that was Strife. Uh, after doing some reading about her, and I know that she was, uh, well, part of uh, some Wonder Woman stories, you know, years past. Not, but she wasn't called Strife then. She was. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Era. Uh, damn it. Discord. Discord. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> so, uh, but the, you know, that character strife, she, she was created that way. You know, it's like, Oh God, we got to put her in, in this, you know, she was such a perfect foil for her, for Diana. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned working uh, closely with Cliff. So how did the process go for creating the guys? Did you come up with the ideas first or did you talk about it or did Cliff first draw them out? Um, we, I gave him some like, uh, ideas, like what I, how I thought I might want him to, uh, to look, but, uh, you know, they, he pretty much came up with these things on his own, you know, and then he would send me, he would send me some sketches and I'd say, ah, what what if we pushed it this way instead? Or, you know, it was was really collaborative. What was your reaction when you first saw Poseidon as that fish beast or Hermes as a bird band then? Oh, that was, uh. It was pretty. Uh, it was that was pretty cool. You know, actually, Tony Akins did Poseidon. He got Poseidon right. Like the, it, there was like one sketch. It's like, oh my god, that's perfect, man. Just just leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So along with uh, Poseidon that we mentioned in the other gods, <laughs> Cliff draws Ares to look like you. You're the fucking god of war in the DC universe. So have you felt any pressure to hone your battle skills in the real world? <laughs> yeah, that's Cliff. That's a, a real funny guy. Uh, I descri- I just described war. I said like Cliff, don't make him look like war. Make him look like his better days are behind him. Just put him in a suit. He's an old man. You know, give him a long beard, straggly, and he comes back. And it's like, hey, that's. Uh, <laughs> it looks fantastic, though. Probably the most handsome character in in the. <laughs> Without a doubt, that's a luscious beard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in your story, uh, Wonder Woman seems like a lot more competent and dangerous fighter than I've seen before. Um, thanks in large part to you training her and giving her mead. Exactly. <laughs> Can you talk about how you view her battle savvy and what your goal was for her as a warrior? Um, I think she has to be probably the best fighter in, in the DCU. Better than uh, Batman? She's got to be better than Batman, yeah, um, because she is, you know, she is a warrior. Batman's like, you know, yes, he's trained, but not not as extensive. I mean, she was raised that way, right? And and you know, th- that's one of the things that I think it's necessary to play that up with her to differentiate her from, you know, a lot of these other characters. You know, more often than not, uh, I find superheroes to have like pretty much the same personalities they just wear different costumes but they're essentially the same character like uh what how a hero is defined is very uh very uh rigid and myopic i think in comic books Uh well it's interesting because i I mentioned that um for me wonder woman and the new 52 is the one book that really seems to have changed things um not to put you on the spot, but do you feel like uh, your book 
really took advantage of uh, the new 52 change more than others? Yes, I do. I think we, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked at it as an opportunity. I didn't want to, to uh, have any of, um, any reference really to earlier, you know, earlier stories. It's like, let's go new. If, if you're calling it the new 52, let's really go new, you know, mm-hmm. uh, create, you know, different villains, a whole new sort of world for her to operate in. Um, you know, let's not rely on, you know, what came before us. Right. When you were first announced on Wonder Woman, people thought it was odd that you were chosen or you decided to do Wonder Woman. But it seemed like you were the perfect person for that, given that they wanted to reinvent the characters in some way. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I mean, they, they weren't thinking of me. I, th- that came about when um, I was uh, out to dinner with Dan DeDio and uh, we were in, we were discussing me doing an, another character. Um, and this was prior to the new 52 actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we were talking about, you know, these, he was talking about how rebooting, rebooting some of these characters and making them a little different. And I asked him what was going to happen to uh, wonder woman. And, um, he told me what it was, and I was just like, I said, like, you can't do that. So you're, you are going to fund, fundamentally hurt that character. And taking into consideration what he wanted to do, so what if you were to try something like this? And then I explained pretty much what's happened in, in our stuff. Um, by the end of that dinner, I was writing one of them. And I didn't, you know, and then he wanted me to write both of these characters. I said, no way. <laughs> Let me uh, concentrate on one of them. Now, did you bring up... Wonder Woman, you asked Dan about that because you were interested in the character or just because she's one of the the big characters at DC? Uh, yeah, it was just because she was one of the big characters. Right. There was a uh, summit. Uh, it was maybe a few years prior to uh, to this, to the, the New 52 launch. And um, there were some discussions there about, that, about Wonder Woman that I thought were really going in a... In a uh, just a bad direction, and um, mm-hmm. but I didn't really, I didn't really care about her at the time. But I didn't say, you know, I didn't say anything. Uh, now, but now you care. Now I, now I care about her. Yeah. So we were talking about you as Ares, and Ares is actually one of my favorite characters in the book because he's obviously a mentor to Diana, and perhaps he's even kind of paternal, uh, especially in recent issues he seems a little softer to me but in your book it kind of speaks to the old legends in a way that um we don't always see in modern stories because in ancient times he was worshipped and loved and appreciated so can you talk about how you view the character and his relationship and impact on wonder woman and on the other gods oh boy he's tired of being a god or the god of war mm-hmm. no that's a that's a rough job <laughs> Especially in, you know, in a, the current culture. I mean, if there was a time when war was glorified and it hasn't been in a long, long, you know, long time. I think, you know, as we evolve more, our, uh, our viewpoint on war changes. And, um, you know, he's living in that, he's living in our world right now. It's not, uh, it's not a very, uh, conducive for him or you know very glorious at all because for the most part you know i don't think there is no glory in war anymore hmm, right. if there ever if there ever was but uh 
it's it's a it's brutal and it's killing and it's uh it's it's tiresome and i think he reflects that he reflects modern warfare i think mm-hmm. well what does he want to do like open a sandwich shop what is his goal yeah yeah sandwich. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> well uh thinking about aries and his relationships um kind of leads uh, into the fact that uh, wonder woman's about family and that's something that you've talked about a lot uh, but what strikes me is that it's this huge dysfunctional family of scheming dicks, basically. So a Wonder Woman has already been betrayed a couple of times in the series. Um, in real families, there's always a lot of love and forgiveness in most. But at some point, you know, if a family's not good for you, uh, people do give them up. So how does all this double crossing and backstabbing affect Diana? I mean, what does it mean for the family to her? Well... She's not the kind of person that would give up on family, I don't think at all. And um, if anything, she <laughs> she might fight fire with fire, <laughs> you know. But you know, blood's blood, man. And for her, especially, even though she's just learning that these, you know, she's related to all these people. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you have shown. Um her heart and a couple of the issues and her willingness to forgive, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think she's, she's real. She's very forgiving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the other uh, characters that, uh, is interesting is, uh, Milan who, uh, you patterned after Wesley Willis, the Chicago musician. Um, but I heard that you actually knew him and I was wondering what it was like for you to meet him for the first time. <laughs> Meeting Wesley for the first time. Man, that was something. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, he, he was, uh, he was larger than life. In life. Mm-hmm. He, so he was a big, uh, a big dude with a big personality. And, you know, the first time I met him, he headbutted me. <laughs> Did you take it like a man? Greeting. You headbutt. Wow. Where was this? This was at uh, the Empty Bottle. Now, did you become friends with him over time? No, I mean, not friends. I mean, we we recognized, well, of course I recognized him and he recognized me. We would talk, you know, we'd see each other and like, you know, say hello and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I I wouldn't say, you know, we were friends. Right. We were definitely acquaintances, though. Was there something in his uh, work that you responded to? I love this music, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, along with the other family elements, you've also got Orion of the New Gods in the book. Why did you want to throw him into this uh, insane mix of god politics and power struggles? It made sense. He was part of the original proposal as well. It was. Yeah, yeah, that was... uh, we uh, had talked like at the end of the first year, we would introduce Orion into it just to kind of you know, shake, shake things up a bit. Mm-hmm. And why did it make sense to you? New gods, old gods. It's just completely made sense. You know, let's, but let's show some, some other immortal characters that are different. They're not, they're not magic based, you know, like the, the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. What about having an outside perspective? on Diana's family. Do you think he offers that? No. That's not the kind of character we're creating with Orion, you know? Right. 
He's, uh, does he even notice that kind of stuff? I don't think so. O'Brien's kind of self-centered. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he almost got his balls ripped off by Wonder Woman. So (laughs) how much fun was it to write that scene? Oh, that was great. (laughs) Does he plan on continuing to uh, push Diana's buttons? I don't think he can help it. You know, he's he's that kind of guy. He's kind of like a frat brother or something. I, I kind of – I don't see him that way. No? No. He's uh, uh, he's got a lot of Kenny fucking powers in him, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the criticisms I've seen of your run – I don't share it, but is that you've developed this um, large supporting cast but haven't developed Wonder Woman as much as you could as a character. So how would you respond to that? Uh, sure. Why not? I, de- I have. I've developed a, a large supporting cast – uh, is, is she suffering for it? No, I don't think so. But uh, hey, to, to each his own. You know, she's got a great cast right now. I, mm-hmm. think. I agree. You know, and that was that was something that we set out to do. It's like get create a world for her to operate in that's different from you know these these other worlds. Give her a metropolis. You know, give her a Gotham City, and you know, rather than actually make it a place, I wanted to make it a family. Right. Well, how do you feel about it being, it's almost like an island in the New 52. Nothing else really touches that book. I mean, obviously you want to create a story, your own story. Um, but do you have any thoughts of, as how it would fit into the rest of the DC universe? Uh, anybody's free to use these characters that I've, you know, that we've, we've come up with. Mm-hmm. And I've talked, I've talked to a few people about them, um, you know, whether or not they will. I hope they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's a there's a Wonder Girl, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's. I think she's Lennox's daughter. They talked to me about that. About like they wanted uh, they wanted some sort of uh, connection to Wonder Woman with this Wonder Girl, and they they had a few ideas, and one of them was she was going to be a uh, her mother was an Amazon that got exiled or something, and mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, geez, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, but I think that what we decided on that make her Lennox's daughter, you know, that uh, that's where the connection is. So Wonder Woman is actually her aunt. Is she going to show up in your Wonder Woman? No, no. You're just trying to figure out the bloodlines. Yeah, well, they, you know, now with um, whenever there's some sort of Wonder Woman question that somebody else has, they they come to me now with it. Or, you know, they want to connect the dots in some way. Well, you're the expert now. You've, yeah. you've created the whole world of Wonder Woman, basically from scratch. Uh, well, let's talk about the current storyline. Uh, issue 18 through 20 uh, definitely feels like um, turning points in the overall story. You've introduced the firstborn, uh, who's the first child of Zeus, who's thrown out of an Olympus. And we've also learned that uh, little baby Zeke is the lastborn. Uh, prophecy to rule Olympus, and that has pissed off the firstborn. Can you talk a little bit about creating the firstborn, and you know what went into making that adversary? Uh, boy, we wanted to come up with something, you know, a foil for for Diana that was, you know, it was brand new, um, and also, but but dealing with the gods and stuff, it was like, well, we can just come up with a new god. Um, but 
or, or first we were we were talking about like which god will it be, which god will it be? It's like no, let's just make something new. Let's make a god that the other gods are afraid of, mm-hmm. and um, that's what we did with the new god or with the with the firstborn. That he's uh, you know he he's uh, he's he's the first child of Hera and Zeus, and he was prophesized to take over Olympus and. Like many of those kind of stories, because he was prophesied to take over Olympus, they decided to kill the baby right. and, and end the prophecy. But uh, he's very angry. Yes, he's angry. He does have uh, anger issues. That guy. But you do show that he thinks a little bit because he does make the deal uh, with Poseidon, the blood oath. Oh yeah. Uh, and he could have killed him right then. Yeah, but he needed. He he needed the information. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess we're going into the third year. So this is a lot of the big things are probably going to happen uh, in the next uh, few issues. Oh, yeah. 23 is a very big issue. 21, 22, 23. Yes. Very big. Very big. I love the fight with uh, Artemis in uh, I think it was issue 20. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really choreographed well, man. It was really good. Cliff and, uh, Cliff and Goron killed on that thing. So um, I just saw that a new Superman Wonder Woman series was announced, um, which will obviously focus on the romance between those two. And I know you've been asked about Superman not showing up in Wonder Woman before, but uh, given that DC is seriously committing to that uh, with a new series, is that going to have any impact on your run? No, none at all. <laughs> Do you hate Superman, Brian? No, I don't hate Superman. I just seem to like it better when he's not around. <laughs> you know, I actually just reread Four Tomorrow, and it's one of my favorite Superman stories. Because I felt like it humanized that character in a way that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, his aggressive reaction to losing his wife and all those other people yeah. was just striking to me. and just It was well done. Thanks. Yeah, I don't... Listen, Superman's in enough books as it is. He doesn't need to be in one of them. <laughs> So, uh, have you seen the new uh, Man of Steel movie? No. Are you gonna? Probably, yeah, but I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, no. Yeah, I was interested in uh, asking you about this just because I know that when your Superman story came out, it had mixed reactions. But um, the new Man of Steel also seems to have that same thing because it had a more serious, darker tone to it. Is there anything else you want to say about what's coming up in Wonder Woman? Um is Wonder Woman going to get drunk on mead? Because I think that needs to happen. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll see about that, Marcus, and we'll see. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Brian. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, um, maybe next time we can do another cast that focuses on 100 Bullets and uh, Lono. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about that stuff. i got to bring you some mead at some point, too. Are you going to be at the uh, Chicago Con, the Wizard World? Um, I don't know yet. Probably, but uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, have a good day, and uh, I hope I get to talk to you soon. Sure thing, man. It's good right. talking to you too. Thanks, Brian. All right, take it easy. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Colloquium. Hopefully, we'll have Brian back in a month or so to talk about his creator-owned projects. For more about Colloquium, visit the Sequential Research and Literacy Organization website at cquart.org. Along with the cast, you'll find reviews documentaries, scholarly articles, and many unique books that discuss and analyze your favorite comic book series and creators. 
One of my current favorites is The Devil is in the Details, which examines both Daredevil and his alter ego, Matt Murdock. You get great essays about his troubled history with love, his relationships with Foggy Nelson and Spider-Man, and some insightful looks into classic Daredevil stories. Also, if you haven't heard the news, Sequart recently announced a brand new documentary film on Neil Gaiman. For more about that, visit Sequart.org. You can also friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Huge thank you to the amazingly talented John Rafano, who wrote and performed the Colloquium theme song. John is the guitarist for the post-rock metal band Sonnet, whose first full-length album, Known Flood, is out now on Sacrament Records. Their debut is getting incredible reviews everywhere, so if you like heavy atmospheric music like me, you should definitely give it a listen or buy the MP3s at sonnet.bandcamp.com. Sacramentmusic.com also offers a vinyl edition and t-shirt bundles. In the next episode, you'll get over an hour of conversation with writer-artist David Mack. We talk extensively about Daredevil End of Days, as well as his amazing brush and ink artwork, which will soon be appearing at the Century Guild Gallery in Los Angeles. Until next time, chums.